Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Mylin Yamamoto. Mylin is the founder and CEO of Cropsticks, an innovative chopstick with a built-in rest made from sustainable bamboo. It was featured on season eight of Shark Tank. It is the first product from CropMade, a line of sustainable goods for the food and hospitality industry. Its second product is a biodegradable bamboo straw. CropMade's mission is to leave behind a greener environment for future generations and recently became a proud certified B Corporation. Launching in March 2017, CropMade's clients now include 500 plus restaurants, hotels, and retailers. In addition, she runs a talent management company called ClickNow based in Los Angeles that helps to build the careers of popular digital celebrities. ClickNow services include influencer marketing management, packaging, and production. Mylan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Huge fan of you guys. Also a huge fan of you as well, Mylin. For our listeners, Mylin was showing her her uh, crop sticks as as Maggie was giving the introduction earlier. And shout out to Mylin for being our talent manager as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're super happy and blessed to have you. That's one of the um, criteria is that if we're managing somebody, we need to be huge fans of them. And I mean, you would fit that obviously. Thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, let's kind of hop it into this podcast, Mylin. Like, tell us about where you grew up and what your upbringing was like. Sure. So I'm from Hawaii, specifically Aiea, and born and raised here. And it's so great to be born uh, on an island, especially one that uh, values what Hawaii calls the aloha spirit. I, I want to just kind of like talk about that real quick because I never really understood it until I went away to the mainland and uh, and then came back recently to stay with my family during the pandemic. But what aloha is, is I think generally people know it as hello and goodbye, but then it also means to give to your neighbor and give to strangers without accepting anything in return. And I think that's a concept that has been ingrained in, um, in a lot of the locals here, but also really myself. Uh, a quick example of that is like, I was talking to my dad the other day and he had a, uh, he has a appointment to get his eyes like LASIK surgery and he's never met the doctors or has a relationship with them. But he told me, Oh my, I'm going to go to Ani's and get them some baker baked goods. Do you want anything? I'm like, Oh dad, you're going to get baked goods for your doctor. He's like, yeah, why not? And I was like, is that common? Are we supposed to bring baked goods to our, our doctors that we've never met before? He's like, well, if it makes them happy, you know, and they're doing a service for me, like I'm going to bring them baked goods, going to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And that's something like my dad consistently does. And that like makes sense to me. I think that's like an embodiment of the Aloha spirit. So being born and raised in Hawaii has, has been great. Um, and then uh, however, though, you can go around the island in two hours. And I, 
I, for me, I always wanted to experience um, what life was like beyond Hawaii. So for college, I went to Chapman University. It was, it was great. It's in Orange County. It was very expensive, though. So I went back to Hawaii to uh, do another year of schooling. And then I went back on scholarship uh, to Cal State LA, where I got my bachelor's and master's in communication. And my whole point uh, for going to school was to become a professor. And that was really my dream trajectory in life is to focus on research. And I love teaching. So that was also going to be part of my career. And it took a sharp turn when I started uh, talent management and uh, really got into that world in 2009 and made it a career in 2012. And then also started another company called Crop Sticks, which is what Maggie mentioned, the chopstick with a built-in rest. So yeah, long story short, grew up in Hawaii and was on the mainland and I have been going back and since, uh, go, sorry, going back and forth between Hawaii and LA ever since. Mm, wow. And for our listeners, Mylin is one of the most nicest person we ever met <laughs> through our network. And she really encompasses the, the Hawaiian spirit, mm-hmm. you know, being aloha, being family, being friendly. And it really reflects throughout her entire business too. Like when, she, when we first talked to her, we felt like we're at home. We felt like we can trust her immediately. Mm-hmm. And we love that spirit, you know? And I had no idea that you wanted to become a professor. Like it's, it's, it's a really cool directory because I too had similar aspirations growing up. Like I wanted to become a college professor. What did you want to teach? <laughs> I wanted to teach physics. Wow, so different from um, this hustle world that we Oh, no, it's so different. It's, physics are very like, you know, very concrete concepts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. sub- subjects back then, but it's great seeing you apply like, you know, where you're from, Hawaii, family, nature into uh, Click Now, you know, where you're so inclusive, everyone, and you're constantly teaching us new things too. You're like, hey, like, do you guys know about this type of sponsorship? Do you guys know about this <laughs> or that? And it's, it's really awesome hearing that transferable skill set and passion to everything that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you brought up the fact that your father would bring like pastries or any like desserts to his doctor. And my parents do it's something very similar to And I think that in that essence, like everyone wins, right? Because the doctor is able to win because he gets these snacks. And then your father, he's able to win as well because it makes him feel good. And like mm-hmm. Ryan said, I feel like you kind of encapsulate that, um, like that friendliness and that warm feeling inside your business as well. And so, you know, we looked into a little bit of your background. We know that your father had actually worked for Hawaii's Department of Education for over 40 years, and he was like an inspiration to you to become a professor. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So he, I mean, I would just follow him into the classroom and um, he was teaching auto mechanics and then later moved into the admin department. So just always around educators and just, uh, people that spoke so highly and respected their teachers. So I grew up like, oh, I want to do that too. And I did teach at Cal State LA uh, in the communications department for a number of years, and then also full-time at Loyola Marymount uh, in the entrepreneurship department. So I did realize my dream to become a professor and I still teach one, a class for fun at UCLA um, leadership communication strategies. For me, teaching is like yoga and um, and I, I noticed like, you're right. Like I do like to, I don't want to like teach if like no one's 
asking of it, but rather if there's something that can be helpful, then I do like to put it, I, I kind of go into it like this lesson mode plan of like, okay, well, if you want to get a sponsorship deal, this is what we need to do. There's either the stakeholders and just kind of like create a game plan around it. And I do give it back to my uh, professor days of how to put that together. And then, yeah, shout out to my dad for just always loving teaching and respecting the teachers around him. I love that, I love that a lot. And let's talk, talk, more about, talk more about Click now. You know, as you mentioned, you started this in 2009. How did that idea come about and why or how did you make the jump to make it a full-time thing in 2012? Yeah, so Click Now is a talent management firm and we represent artists that have uh, that have a large digital presence um, to tens of millions of followers online and we help talent get brand deals. Uh, we also help package shows and pitch to Netflix and things like that. Um, really provide that career guidance that if there's a talent and I do consider Asian Hustle Network a talent, like you brought together community and you're also educating and, and that takes talent to do. So, you know, for, for my job is to empower these different voices and we do specialize and empower uh, diverse voices. I think that's something that I'm very proud of doing. Um, and going back to our roots in 2009, while I was teaching at Cal State LA, and I also taught at this music college, David Choi, who's this OG YouTuber, you also had him on your podcast recently, and he's now building an app. So good for him for pivoting. Um, but I was a huge fan of him and Kev Jumba and Wong Fu. And for our Xenials, you might be like, oh, those those grandpas I, and I'm also considered like a grandma or mother of like the YouTubers. So I can call them that anyway, um, being huge fans of David, I invited him to come speak to our students. I mean, I just, I really just wanted his autograph because you know, <laughs> a fan. Um, and we just stayed friends in 2009. He's still a great friend to this day. And, um, through him got to meet so many other talented, uh, YouTubers and, I taught in Japan for a year and eventually ended up back in Hawaii and Kev Jumba and Justin Chan were out in Hawaii making a movie and Kevin approached me and he's like, Oh, Mylan, you're organized. You're a teacher. Can you help us make a movie? And I was like, what you want me to make a movie? He's like, yeah, you can do it. You're a teacher. I'm like, sure. And that was really my first entertainment, real entertainment, uh, paid gig. Uh, where I learned production and how to turn a script into uh, how to turn a script into a full-on film, and from there, after the movie left, I started getting more and more clients because I was known as the person associated with a lot of different YouTubers, and so I used that as an opportunity to bring out a lot of my friends to Hawaii. Brought David out, brought Arden and Wang Fu to to come to Hawaii and share their talents. And then we started getting brand deals. So I started doing music videos and putting the, like the face shop and David's music videos. Um, and then after a year of doing that in Hawaii, I realized, okay, to grow the business, I need to go back to Los Angeles and really focus and build that career out. 
that's when I met the Fung Bros. Knew them at forty thousand subscribers. Uh, today they over they have over two million. David Fung has a Netflix show coming out, and it's just been nonstop since then. Um, we represent Yolin Dong, who has over twelve million, million followers on TikTok right now. She's hilarious. If you don't know her, um, okay. Richie Lee, who's known for sh- his streetwear line. Stephen Lim, who's uh, who started Watcher and it has over 1 million followers. We work with uh, Jubilee Media and Kevin Lee Magic. I mean, the list goes on and on. And of course, Asian Hustle Network. So this is, um, it's been a great journey and it all started with being a fan of a YouTuber. Love that. Love that a lot. Yeah, that is so amazing. Um, I mean, just hearing about all the high profile YouTubers and influencers that you were able to to kind of click together with click now is so inspirational. Yeah, it's so awesome to hear how you started from a very humble background where, you know, you just didn't know where things were going. Mm-hmm. And to be able to build a business model out of that, it's like absolutely amazing. You know, so hats off to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it was really cool to see the industry grow from hobbyists and people doing it for fun. And now it's a full on industry where there's millions and billions of dollars that are poured into it. So I'm very uh, thankful to get in at the right time, but also if anyone's listening and they're thinking, wow, I want to be a talent manager in the digital space too. I think there's a lot of talent, especially diverse voices that need uh, representation that truly care about their talent and can help them take them to the next level. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that, you know, as you were in your teaching career, you had to kind of create this movie for the first time. And for someone, you know, if I were in your shoes, if I was a teacher, I would be so completely clueless as to how to, you know, produce a movie. What were some of, some of the challenges that you went through going into creating this movie? And for someone who's like trying to get into the talent management industry, I'm curious to know, like, how did you you know, get connected with so many high profile influencers, because to someone who doesn't know anything about talent, you know, management, it's, I would, I would think it's like very, very hard to do that, to be, you know, connected with so many high profile influencers. And on top of that too, I'm also curious, like as you're working with these influencers, it's not always rosy, right? It's mm-hmm. extremely difficult. A lot of them, I'm speaking, I'm speaking from my own personal experience as a content creator or a very new content creator. I go to a lot of internal struggles, like how, how's my content? Why is it not growing? And I know from, I hear from other people that you work with, it's like, you're very supportive. You're very nurturing. You push them, you support them. You see, give suggestions. So mm-hmm. I want to hear more about that side too. Like how, how are you coaching them to like get to the next level? And you have to make sure that they align with ClickNow's, you know, ambitions and values and mission statement as well. Yeah, we don't work with the assholes, man. <laughs> you guys are assholes. <laughs> um, to answer your first question about production, and, and this can I, tie into a lot of the other questions you're asking too, is um, it was challenging. I think whenever you try to enter a new industry and when you don't know the nuances or the systems of things, it can be very uh, scary. And so I think like to address that fear, like, Hey, I, I recognize what I'm feeling, but I'm more excited about what's going to come on the other end. And for me to, to help my, to help Kevin make a movie was very exciting for me. And so being solution oriented has always helped 
me see the other side of that fear. And so in that case, if anyone's trying to make a movie, then you really have to know the organizational structure. I think that's, that's important. That was like my first thing, like what's above the line, what's below the line and who are the executive producers? Where does the money come from and who reports to whom? I think for any business, if you can understand the internal organization, and that also goes for like talent management and getting brand deals. Like if you can understand how to speak to an advertising agency versus uh, CAA or speaking to a studio, there's different agendas on each end and how to navigate that is, is really important for anyone entering a new industry. So again, get over that fear, understand the organizational structure of things, and then understand the nuances of how to speak to each person, right? So a movie, how to speak to a director is very different from how do you speak to a PA. Um, and then going to Brian's question about navigating uh, or coaching talent, I think it always goes down to is this something that you're passionate about? Is this something that you can be proud of? Is this something that's doing better for the world? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something like, yes, maybe something won't get a lot of likes. Maybe there's not as much engagement, but if it's something that you're proud of, then that's, that's the lasting feeling. I think if you like do something where you're not proud of it and the likes are very high, but it's not aligned with you morally, then there's no, there's no longevity in that. So, um, yeah, if you're thinking about being a content creator, really know who you are and then get ready to put out all different types of content. So you can see what resonates the most, but be proud of it first. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, what you just said really reminds me of what Asian Hustle Network stands for as well, because inside the community, we always want to make sure that whenever someone you know, has an ask or a request, we want to make sure it benefits everyone in the community rather than just one person. And that just really resonated with, you know, Click Now, how you make sure that everyone, you know, benefits from, you know, whatever interaction or collaboration there is. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point, Maggie, is like making sure it benefits the whole system, the whole community. And when another thing to add is when people are starting out, instead of asking, what can they do for me? It's asking, how can I provide value to the other person? And that goes back to Loho spirit, right? Like you give without res uh, expecting things in return. So try to give value and see what comes out of that. I think the whole ecosystem just can become beautiful when we focus on giving more and then getting things in return can be exponential. At least it's worked for click now and crop sticks. Yeah, I think that's, um... That's a good point because I think that actually works for everything. <laughs> so, that's, true. that's a huge part of our mission statement too: is give first and you know receive later, or don't expect to receive because we're just trying to give up positive energy to the world. Yep, yeah. I love it. That's why we're working together. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do. I want to shift the focus now over to uh, crop sticks by CropMate mm -hmm. and kind of talk over. I love, I love this pivot, by the way. I love how you created something of your own. Mm -hmm. And you're actually, you went on Shark Tank too on season eight. Like, how, what is that? What is that? What was it like? You know, well, how that pivot happened over to creating this company? 
Well, for someone who's very used to being behind the scenes and empowering talent, it was a crazy experience to go from zero to 100 being talent on Shark Tank and having 5 million people watch you at the same time. Mm -hmm. So the back story to get to Shark Tank is that um, I was running Click Now and also working full time at Loyola Marymount University. And then I was on a flight to Singapore for a Click Now gig. Um, and my, my chopsticks kept rolling off of the tray table. So I thought, okay, you know, like, why not snap the top and have a rest? Um, and then after doing more research on crop sticks, I realized, all right, you know, um, 20 millions or 20 million trees are chopped down every year to make a product you throw away. So if we're going to make this product and put some, put it out into the world, we want to make it from bamboo, which is a sustainable source. And then of course we got our certified B Corp. So after the idea became reality through a Kickstarter and actually getting some investment, we realized, okay, we need even more investment. And uh, I was at this conference at an Inc. conference and I met the casting director there who pointed out the crop stick in my badge. And it was just a flimsy prototype at the time. And I pulled it out, I, I showed it to her very shakily and she's like, oh, that's, that's really cool. So she then um, put us through this really long process for anyone interested in Shark Tank. It, I believe, took us like nine months to go from sharing that idea with the casting director to it actually airing. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I really am thankful to a lot of the talent that supported Crop Sticks in the beginning to like really push it out on Kickstarter because that was the case study to get us to show that there's product market fit to get us investors and eventually get us onto Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was a, that was wild. When I think about it, it was in 2016, season eight, episode 20 for anyone that's interested in watching it. But it like, I, I really have a, a huger, I really have more respect for talent who put themselves in front of the camera because All like right. there's so it's hard mm -hmm. and I practiced that pitch like thousands of times and there's so much positivity that comes out of it but there's also really mean people on the internet and you have to really have that thick skin to like just handle it all yeah. uh, but I would do it again <laughs> <laughs> well we're proud of you yeah. You know, we, we have checked out the episode as well and we, we watched it. Oh, wow. This is, this is Mylan. This is crazy. <laughs> I haven't seen this, this pitching side of you yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> and you brought so much energy to the show. I loved it. And yeah. I love what you're doing. You know, I, I, I love all sustainable products and, you know, if it's for the betterment of the world, I think it's a really good thing. And congratulations for getting your certified B Corp. That's a huge step. Um, I'm very curious to know, you know, chopsticks have been around for thousands of years. And when you're introducing like a new concept of chopsticks to the market, what type of challenges did you have? Because I know like a lot of people are just very used to using wooden chopsticks and, you know, the, a lot of people will probably continue using it, but to introduce like a whole new concept, I'm sure you ran into some challenges trying to change the mindset of some people to change the chopsticks that they're using. Changing mindset is really difficult. It is very difficult. <laughs> um, but I would love to learn about like some of the challenges that you went through. Well, on the surface, we can teach people off of our wrappers. So on the wrapper, you know, usually there's a there's a picture that showcases how to use chopsticks, but on ours, it showcases how to break chopsticks. Mm -hmm. So for listeners 
uh, we have a photo of of like breaking it apart horizontally, grabbing your food and then placing it on the rest mm -hmm. and then really amplifying that message through. I mean, I could I was able to show that on Shark Tank through a lot of our uh, in our talent networks were able to share it and through social media and even sharing it on Asian Hustle Network. I think it's a it's a constant education process and empowering our restaurants to interact with their guests. So we're in the Four Seasons and Disney parks and resorts. So, uh, and, and a bunch of airlines. So it's really cool when we see the servers or flight attendants really educate the users. I think that's like the best ambassador that we can ask for. Um, but taking it one step further, because that's on the surface level, it's really the core mission that we want to have resonate. So our mission is to leave behind a greener environment for future generations. And that needs to be done in the ethos of everything that we do from, we do beach cleanups and we, sh you know, we, we share that through our newsletters or getting the B Corp or engaging with, um, engaging in, or supporting movements that help our planet. So yeah, that's how we get our messaging across. That's amazing. That's awesome. Out of, out of curiosity too, you know, being a talent manager for Click now, how have how have you applied like these these lessons and skills that you learned from managing talent over to your own business? What was that process and mindset like of taking things that you know, you learn from managing talent and applying to your own and realizing that it's a new set of challenge, a new set of skill set you're trying to build. Mm -hmm. You know, what was that process like? Yeah, it's anytime you step into a new industry, there's always going to be challenges. But again, right, overcoming that fear and um, providing value and building the relationships. But one more thing I want to add is building systems. So for click now it was really beneficial to have systems we we have a small but mighty team where everybody has a role from uh, obtaining a deal to managing a deal to collecting account receivables and knowing that i can't do everything myself having that skill set to empower others around you really uh, was able to translate over to crop sticks the difference though with CropSix is that we're a physical product. And now instead of managing a studio and talent, we're managing a factory mm -hmm. and logistics and a restaurant. But it comes down to building a system around so that all the moving parts can speak to each other. I think that's probably the most valuable lesson I took out of running two companies at the same time is that you only have so many hours in the day, but if you can build systems that run without you, then that is how you scale and that's how you stay sane. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Building systems so important. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy, but it is very, very important. Um, and, you know, I, I like how Brian kind of brought it back a bit to, to click now. And I also want to bring it back to, you know, your teaching days, you were teaching entrepreneurship. Um, but at the time you weren't a, a full-fledged entrepreneur yet. And now that you are, you know, what was going through your mindset? Like, did you always envision yourself as an entrepreneur or, or did you always think, okay, I'm probably going to be a teacher, um, and stay as a teacher. But, you know, when you kind of shifted that, that mindset and became an entrepreneur, what was going through your mind? 
I never thought I would be a, a full-time entrepreneur. I was very comfortable in the classroom. I loved walking into a classroom and teaching students. I hated grading though. I hated that, but I loved teaching and I loved empowering students. So it was interesting to also have side hustles at the time that I was also passionate about, but see it grow and manifest into ways that I realize I'm, I'm able to teach in other ways because when you have a classroom setting, you can have like 60 students, maybe as much as 500 at a time if you have a lecture hall. But if you can work through talent or through a business, there's other ways of teaching. And, and now through our talent, we're able to teach millions of people at the same time. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. I love how you're able to kind of apply those same principles that you were able to teach in the classroom to your actual business. Yeah, love that a lot. So Mylan, so out of curiosity, so what's next for both CropSticks and ClickNow? What do you envision these two companies, entities to be in the next five to 10 years? For ClickNow, we are bringing on more talent that we resonate with and also helping each talent achieve their careers because their career goals, when they're successful, we're successful. So our management firm is always talent first, whatever is in the best interest of the talent, that's how we operate. And so I love looking at talent who are looking at writing books or they're working on TV show ideas. Uh, another talent just, uh, they hit 3 million in their merch line. Wow. Um, and, and for us, our goal is to continue to foster these type of dreams of each talent. And if there is a talent that has that same type of goal, then we're willing to hire the team around that person to help them bring their ideas to reality. So it's a simple formula, but it works for us. And, um, we do have three criteria for bringing on new talent. And one is we have to be a fan of them. Number two, we need to know how to help them. And number three, the talent needs to work way harder than their management team because the talent's the CEO of the business. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's a click now's future ambition is to keep growing our talent because as they grow, we grow too. Yeah. On CropStick side of things, we have a really big project right now where we're looking to build a closed loop bamboo farm and processing facility in Hawaii. So Hawaii's great, a great climate to grow bamboo and 95% of our agricultural farmlands are either unoccupied or not utilized to the best of their ability. And so what we want to do is uh, bring bamboo in to grow it and then have a processing facility right next to the the farm. So we're working on a feasibility study to see if these inputs and outputs can make sense because Hawaii also has very unique challenges that we're an island, there's import export costs, there's also high cost of labor, but can we work with the state and also um, have enough of a supply chain to make this type of thing feasible. So that's really exciting for crop sticks because it's it's going from a product development company into a full-fledged uh, manufacturing company and also including the raw materials. So we would be the full supply chain. That's the vision right now we're looking to see if it's even feasible and I'd love to do it in Hawaii. 
Okay. Wow, that's amazing. I'm. It's it's amazing seeing the growth of both Click Now and Crop Sticks, and we're super excited to. We're here for it. Sticks. We're yeah. here to support you and <laughs> see your vision through. <laughs> Absolutely. So my that's little- my job. That's my job to see your vision through. <laughs> we'll help each other. Yes. <laughs> we have- I, feel, I feel the aloha on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we have to help each other. Everyone wins. <laughs> yes. We believe in abundance mindset. Yes, absolutely. So, Mylon, we have one last question for you, and that is, if you could give one advice to an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur, what would that advice be? Or a content creator. Or a content creator. So, right now, if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, you're probably in that idea phase, and it's super exciting, and you're building out how to get the idea to reality. At the same time, try to build your systems as you're working towards reality. So think about, all right, it's going to cost this much to make it. How am I going to keep track of all my funds? Am I going to put it into a certain bank account? Am I going to have QuickBooks? And will I have a person to like input all of my books uh, or um, make sure my books are aligned? How am I going to get things from point A to B? So if you can build your system while you're making your ideas a reality, when it becomes a reality, it'll be so much easier for you to execute and, and scale. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Love that advice. Yeah, I love that. And how can our listeners find out more about you and Click Now and Cropstick online? So if you're interested in talent management, visit click, which is C-L-I-Q-U-E hyphen now.com. If you're interested in crop sticks, so if you're a restaurant or you're interested in our farm, go to crop sticks, C-R-O-P-S-T-I-C-K-S dot C-O. And uh, if you're interested in me, then <laughs> go to my lineal. That's my Instagram, M-Y-L-E-N-N-I-A-L. And shoot me some DMs if you have any questions. Awesome. awesome. Well, it was amazing hearing your story today, Mylan. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you, Mylan. We appreciate you as always. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.